Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It is Mondays down south and uh, another crazy week of football here. We've got a guest on and actually my first time seeing the quad box. Gents, I will say I actually really like this. I like the quad box a lot. Um, it zooms my face out a little bit, so I'm not just blown up on the screen. We've got to do this more often. But um, before we intro the guest here, we're going to go over our uh, topic for the day. And so our topic is picking three candidates who are non-quarterbacks for a potential MVP position. Now, there's a lot of quarterbacks that are performing super well this year. Skill positions, you know, are hit and miss this year and compared to prior years. But we were forced to select three guys who are not playing the quarterback position who were in the running for MVP. So uh, before we get into this, I'm going to intro uh, my buddy here, Shiv, local charlatan. And uh, Shiv, maybe if you can give a little bit of a background on yourself. I know you just finished a marathon uh, last week, ran it under three hours, which is wild. Jeez, that's crazy. Um, but Sai, hold the applause because I don't think you're going to get along with him. You're a South Carolina guy. Shiv is actually a University of Tennessee guy. So I'm going to let you guys duke it out here virtually. But Shiv, I'll turn the uh, floor over to you and just let the, let the world know who you are, man. Yeah, no, I appreciate that, Zach and, and Evan and Sai. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here with you guys. Uh, this is definitely long overdue. Um, I've been uh, pestering Zach to, to give me a shot uh, for, for a while. <laughs> There's been it's probably been a long pipeline of, of, of guests that that have had to that have heard to earn their stripes to get on this. So glad it finally worked out. But uh, but yeah, thanks for that, Zach, for that intro. But um, you know, as probably all of us on this call and I'm sure the audience of this podcast and many other podcasts that are similar in nature, uh, huge, huge fan of sports. So as, uh, Zach mentioned, I uh, went to undergrad, um, at Tennessee graduated in 2015, um, probably the rockiest four years in terms of sports at the university of Tennessee during my time. I mean, I thought it was just a four-year microcosm and, you know, a little unlucky, unlucky streak, but it's actually ended up being a, you know, 10, 15 year streak of just, uh, just some bad down years. We had a, a little bit of a run last year, but uh, then got our, our hearts broken by, by those Gamecocks uh, in a game we had absolutely no business losing, but uh, we deserve to lose uh, just because uh, you can't, can't, can't lose focus on a, on a stage like that. But um, yeah, no, huge, av avid sports guy. Love, love the NFL, um, the NBA, college football, college basketball, golf majors. Yeah, but, you know, from Charlotte, lived, uh, you know, lived here pretty much all my life. I've uh, recently married uh, like six months ago. So, uh, you know, to stay because I'm trying to keep the noise down while my kind of wife winds down for the evening. Um, as, as Zach mentioned, I, I did just run my first marathon. Uh, the Charlotte Marathon a couple of weeks ago, which uh, it was amazing to have, you know, my very very good friend Zach um, at the finish. So dived into <laughs> dived into his arms, I think, before I dived into my wife's and my mom's arms um, <laughs> when I saw him at the finish. But uh, yeah, it's it's been cool to do that. I've always you know I kind of like staying staying fit, and running's been a hobby of mine. So um, got a got a couple more marathons lined up next year that um, you know keep me focused and distracted from some of the the social stuff that Zach and, and our crew down in Charlotte kind of tend to tend to get ourselves uh, involved in. Uh, so it's, it's been, it's been productive to channel my energy that way, but uh, yeah, a pleasure to be here with you guys. I'm looking forward to the dialogue and that's um, you know, going to be fun. I want to give you a quick shout out, Chev, because last year I randomly got a call from Zach, right? And I'm with like my mom and my family friends and I get a call from Zach and I pick it up and he's like, Hey man, 
So I had a quick question for you. Like, I'm trying to figure out how to put a kurta on, and I can't figure out like how this yeah. part and that part goes. And like, yeah. I don't think I've ever been more proud to get a phone call from Zach regarding anything in my life because, yeah. as this OG like Indian friend growing up, like to yeah. hear that Zach was going to Indian wedding, even though it hurt a little bit that the first one wasn't mine. Not that I'm anywhere close. Um, it was it was yeah. pretty. Yeah. It made me really happy. And I told my mom, and she was like, "Oh my gosh, that's so amazing!" So I, I yeah. thought it was so cool that. Uh, you got to come out to LA no, he, and celebrate with you. And he told me all about yeah. it. So congratulations. Yeah, no, it, no, thank you. Thank you. It meant the world to have, to have him there. And he killed it. He, he looked, he looked every, I mean, you would have, aside from obviously the complexion, you know, uh, Zach, Zach <laughs> fit the bill, man. And, you know, we had obviously, you know, half the wedding was in, uh, was Indian and, and, and Zach mm-hmm. fit, fit right in. And, uh, you know, we had, we had a couple of funny stories from, from that wedding, which I'm sure we can maybe cover in a, We'll have a separate to. session later that uh, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll save that for another day. Being the, the awesome dude he is, he said, uh, he, he offered, he said, hey, why buy a Kurt if you could just wear mine? Mm-hmm. Shiv, you know, if you're running a marathon in under three hours, you, you ain't my size, all right? So I don't want to bring any of your There's some extra, there's, you know, those, those threads are meant to get stretched, man. So I think. Yep. All right, I, I can start us off. I mean, I guess we're going, we going one to three, start with the yeah, chalk sure. answers first. Um, so the obvious answer is Christian McCaffrey. I think he's the one guy on this list that is genuinely in the MVP conversation, whereas a lot of these other guys are um, maybe more of a, a bit of a stretch and more in the offensive player of the year conversation. So, and I think you can see when the, um, you know, like we talked about in the last couple of weeks and the 49ers don't have all their stars on the field, you know, Trent Williams being one, Debo another, um, they're just not the same team. And we've seen it before with McCaffrey. So um, the things he can do through the air and on the ground, um, you just can't stop him. So um, I think he's uh, he's the obvious uh, first choice here. I like that. That's simple. Yeah. Like it too. So how about we, uh, we send it to you and then we'll go shiv and then I'll, I'll back clean up here. Yeah, yeah, no problem. I'm going to – okay, I, I compared this man to February, like a few episodes ago when we were talking about months. I said you look across the line, you start shivering when you see him. I'm going to stand by that. Miles Garrett is an MVP conversation for me. Um, I, I think of defensive players, and I think of ones that can impact a game and in a profound way that can legitimately win you a game, right? Like that's what you need to be able to do to be in consideration for MVP. And I think Miles Garrett is one of the best examples of that this year, whereas in the past you had Aaron Donalds of the world – you had players like that, and I think Miles is kind of evolving into his own version of that. So as a game record, that's an easy one for me That where I didn't want to be as offensive, like, you know, base with the pick. So I'm going to go Miles Garrett for one. Given that Cy took that, uh, I'm going to go my, my next, my next, my one, if Miles Garrett was my 1A in terms of defensive players, my 1B has got to be TJ Watt. Um, again, uh, not statistically, you know, right on par with, with Miles put. Um, you know, right behind them in sacks, but talk about impacting a game, being disruptive. Um, again, being the anchor to a team that has no business being six and three, given their offensive woes, right? Um, I think it's it's a surprise to me that Pittsburgh still has a chance here. It's Again, that AFC North is going to be very, very interesting to see how things play out um, in, in the weeks and months to come. Uh, but I think I think TJ has 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 made a tremendous impact, and um, even though again the defensive unit is not as uh, impressive holistically as as Cleveland, as San Francisco, as some of these other teams, um, I think individually, uh, you know, TJ has done made such a such a profound impact on that team, um, and it is really in many ways uh, the, the reason that they're still in contention there. And it's nice to see you know on offense things are picking up a little bit too with you know the run game with Warren and and Harris and, and, you know, Pickett coming into his own. So um, I'll go with, go with TJ. If, if I love it. Miles, Miles from I love it. Two defensive players <laughs> right off the bat, ironically from the same division too. Uh, you got to love it. I'm going to switch it back over here. Offense. Um, you got to go with Tyreek Hill, man. Tyreek Hill over a thousand yards receiving eight touchdowns, the most yards per or yards after catch um, in the NFL right now. He's unstoppable. And, it's just it goes to show you, you know, when I look at an MVP candidate, if you were to take that guy from the team, would they be as good? The Dolphins, absolutely not. Jalen Waddle's a great, a great wide receiver, but he's great because Tyreek is the one. Much like Calvin Ridley was great in Atlanta because Julio Jones was the one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think Tyreek is doing things that are 
unstoppable. He's actually accelerating his career forward when he doesn't have Patrick Mahomes throwing him the ball. That's what's so ironic about this whole thing is he's doing better and he's even more lethal or considered more lethal on Miami than he was maybe even in Kansas City. And so when you have a thousand over a thousand yards receiving eight tutties and Miami's going to the playoffs this year, how can you not put Tyreek at number one? So Ev, I'll kick it back over to you for a second guy. Yeah, I can't argue there. I think that's probably the top wide receiver, but I'm going to match you with the wide receiver. Um, and it's going to be AJ Brown. Um, for me, yeah, I, I think AJ's kind of being slept on a little bit just with how ridiculous the yeah. season he's having is. And if you look at, you know, like Shiv mentioned earlier, um, Eagles' best record in the NFL, they're the best team, team in the NFL right now. And who's their best player? It's AJ Brown. When they need a first down on third down, it's AJ Brown. When they need a touchdown in the red zone, it's AJ Brown. He can do it all. Um, he's just been abusing corners everywhere. Um, you know, Devonte Smith is a solid kind of high end number two, um, and has been a big play guy this year, but, um, you know, when they, they need a play made, it's, uh, it's definitely going to AJ Brown. So I think he's right on the same level with, uh, with Tyreek Hill and, you know, being on the best team in the NFL. Um, I think he definitely has a shot at it. Yeah, that's a, that's a great answer. Evan. And I, I think like Christian Tyreek, AJ Brown, were all guys that I immediately thought of when we thought about this segment. So my idea was I'm going to go in a different direction because I knew you guys would have my back there and cover it. So my idea is actually you pick Christian McCaffrey, but I want to point to Trent Williams because I, I'm going to pick Trent Williams as one of my MVPs. I think that's someone offensive line. They don't get the love they deserve. We're talking about left tackle position. You want to talk about a guy that's absolutely changed the trajectory of a team. The San Francisco 49ers with Trent Williams look like the best team in the NFL. Nobody questioned it before he got hurt. The moment Trent Williams goes down, they lose three in a row. And that's like, I, I understand Debo was hurt. I understand other players were hurt, but it's not like their offense didn't have pieces in the meanwhile. It's not like McCaffrey wasn't still scoring touchdowns every week up until this past week. The difference was Trent Williams holding the fort down at the offensive line position where that blindside guy isn't getting there and Christian McCaffrey's getting more holes. They, he comes back and they immediately go back to absolutely trouncing a team that we expected to be good and a team that we expected to hold their own against the 49ers. And that didn't happen. They, they destroyed the Jaguars as soon as he came back. So Trent Williams is actually, I think, at the top of my list when it comes to MVPs more than, more than most because I just don't think offensive line get the love they deserve. I love that inclusion. Good job, Cy. Appreciate you, man. That was good. All right, Chevy, back over to you. Well, no, yeah, can't argue any of these picks so far, guys. So let's keep it rolling, um, and hopefully nobody has any gripes against against mine. But my next one um, is going to be so I think you know obviously uh, Tyreek and and AJ have been sort of leading the the wide receiver class, but I think talk about being slept on um, and somebody who's really come on in the last you know three or four weeks. CD Lamb is is uh, the receiver that I think I think uh, is going to be. You know, if you talk about a second half MVP, if you look at the last four games that, you know, Dallas has been three and one in, CD's had 41 catches, 617 yards, and three touchdowns in the last four games. Um, third in the league in total yards. Uh, you know, Dallas is number four in total offense, um, you know, actually ahead of Philly. Um, Philly is sitting at number five. And I look at kind of what stood, stands out to me with CD is, if you compare him to Philly and Miami, I actually think Dallas on, in terms of offense, more, so much of the focus is on CD because, you know, you're not really, I mean, if you think about it, the other, you know, Michael Gallup's on the other side, who's I'm not any, nothing against Michael Gallup, but if, could you argue that Michael Gallup is not as good as Jalen Waddle or Devonte Smith or Dallas Goddard or, you know, some of the other weapons that are some on some of these teams. So I think, um, you know, I think Jake Ferguson is actually the tight end for Dallas. Is 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 uh, is Dak's like second favorite target behind behind uh, CD. And if you look at the output from from the run game and Tony Pollard, like it's really not been that significant. You know, this season it's actually very reminiscent to last year when people were saying, "Oh, Tony looks better than than Zeke." And now this this year we're seeing kind of Tony slipping up a little bit and and you know now Rico maybe is, is having a you know a, a kind of a flash in the pan here so um, I think CD is is um, is hitting his stride right when Dallas needs to start sort of separating yeah. themselves um, I mean Dang. yeah that's a that's a good one that was one of my kind of under the radar ones yeah. um, you know like you mentioned just the last few weeks with how well you know Dak's been playing and he's been a huge part of that so. Those are pretty much the main guys I had. I'll throw out an honorable mention. Um, a guy we've talked about a lot this year is Travis Etienne. 
Um, you know, sure. he's been another guy that's been just a huge share of the offense for Jacksonville, who is, um, you know, currently holding a slim division lead. So, um, you know, just with the massive, uh, you know, volume he's getting on the ground and through the air, um, you know, would be uh, kind of my next man up from a, an offensive player standpoint. I think you still got your second too, though, Zach, right? I got oh, sorry. As well, Did and I, steal I, it? I would actually disagree with the Travis Etienne pick. <laughs> the dude is averaging 3.9 yards a carry. I love him from a fantasy standpoint, and he is lethal when it comes to the run and pass game. But is it really MVP candidacy worthy? I would challenge you on that one, Evan. Well, who else is there? I mean, I, I'd be, uh, I'll, uh, I'll be keen to see who you got. Who else you got? Austin Eckler missed like four games. Now he well, could my, be if he if he keeps point. coming back and playing that way. But anyway, sorry, Zach, I didn't mean to jump you. So uh, I actually, um, well, no big deal. But I, I actually think I might get some flack because I hope this guy is more, you know, more prominent than uh, ETN. And uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take the shot. Jamar Chase. Um, Jamar Chase is obviously not uh, killing it from a wide receiver threshold. We've listed three guys that have outperformed him, no doubt. But when you look at the futuristic ability right here with Joe Burrow. Um, starting to play a lot better here. The Bengals overall are starting to play better. Jamar Chase is a, is a huge driver behind that. And I'm going to talk about yards after catch. He's the second highest wide receiver player in general with yards after catch. Um, so you can't discount that. I mean, he is impossible to cover. You will see every year he is a guy that goes off for a 60-yard bomb, um, and he's uncoverable. It's like the perfect combination of strength and speed. So, uh, you know, when you got 800 yards and five touchdowns like Jamar Chase does, he ain't slowing down. He's not even close. So that's my uh, that's my number two. Hmm. I like that. Um, I guess, Av, you, you kind of gave your second. Go right? for it. I, yeah. I understand the Jamar Chase and C.D. Lamb trajectory, though, because it's kind of showing like like the, the reason I like pointing to players like that, like the way I pointed to Trent Williams or maybe even Austin Eckler is you're talking about for a team to reach their potential. This is a player you need to get involved. Right. And that's. Jamar Chase and and uh, CD Lamb are your perfect example about that of that because look at how much better those teams look when those guys are getting the ball consistently and and the way that they should be right. So I totally understand that. Um, with that being said, I was torn between two linebackers for my third spot, um, and the two would be Micah Parsons or Fred Warner, who play two completely different styles of linebacker. Micah Parsons being the pass rusher and Fred Warner being a guy that you know in the NFL landscape gets his flowers a lot. But in the landscape of podcasts and stuff, I don't think he gets talked about nearly enough because he's by far and away the best middle linebacker or or just best linebacker in the NFL that isn't a pass rusher. And I, I'm kind of torn between the two. I'm going to go in Micah's direction. I want to give Warner his flowers, but I'm going to go in the Micah direction just because he's such a game wrecker. It's it's absurd, like especially with kind of his story of like, oh, character concerns, having him fall and him just being this guy that looked oh maybe he's undersized oh maybe he's not like strong enough whatever it is and he's just absolutely dominated from day one and Dallas's defense is the reason that team is good as great as their offense has been recently even when Dak and them were struggling they were winning games by like 30 points because their defense has just been so damn good and the reality is Mike is the leader of that defense and he's the heart of that team and I think when you think about that I got to give him a shout out and I can't even believe we haven't talked about him yet because that's how good he is so Mike is going to be my number three no argument. All right, Mr. Shiv, what's the third for you? Cool. Yeah, my, I'll round my uh, – and, again, uh, there's been a lot of overlap with some of our picks, but I think I, I'm glad that we've got some uh, some backups to go to or some of the honorable mentions are now climbing into yeah. the, yeah. the, uh, <laughs> the, the top bracket. So, um, again, for me, when it comes to – when you think about MVPs – you know, the team's got to be success, be successful. They've got to be a winning team. They've got to be a catalyst to that, a big reason to it. And, I mean, I think people still are not talking enough about the Lions, 7-2, and two, leading the NFC North. Um, you know, that, that they could very, mel- very well run, run, run away with that division, which I'm sure, which I'm sure they probably will. Um, and you have a few guys on that team, um, you know, aside from Jared Goff that, that are playing really, really well. So they've got a two-headed monster, the running back position between Gibbs and Montgomery. Um, it's good to see Montgomery coming back in the fold while, while Gibbs, you know, the rookie starting to take off. But I'm gonna, St. Brown is, has been, you know, again, in that uh, tier one of wide receivers for, for me. I mean, talk about yards after the catch, uh, big playability. I mean, averaging almost 13 yards. 
um, you know, a catch, 821, you know, yard, uh, yards on, on the season. Um, I'd like to see his, him get some more touchdowns, you know, uh, only four touchdowns through, um, you know, through week, week, uh, what are we now in 10 here uh, approaching yeah, uh, week, week 11 here. So, mm-hmm. you know, I want to see him get in the end zone a little bit more, but I think again, that, that Lions team is so stacked between, you know, the two, the two running backs, Laporta, again, a rookie. It's good to see like the, the Lions finally having success with such a young team. Like th- this team is going to be a force to be reckoned with mm-hmm. for, uh, you could argue the next four or five years consistently. Right. And, um, mm-hmm. again, I think Jared Goff's playing, this is the best football he's played in his career, even taking into account the Super Bowl run he had with the Rams. Um, so I think St. Brown, um, again, has been, everything is advertised. Uh, and you can even see when, you know, I think that he's missed a game here, um, during the season and, and how there's been a drop off in, in offensive production. Uh, you see how, how vital is he is to Jared Goff in that offense. And uh, I think a big reason he'll continue to be in the conversation if the Lions, uh, you know, continue to have the success they've been having. I just want to say something real quick before we move forward, just because the Tennessee guy teed this up perfectly with the Virginia Tech guy on here. I feel like there's some subconscious there where, where she was probably becoming a Lions fan with uh, Hendon Hooker due to be the quarterback in a few years, I'm guessing. And I just mm-hmm. had to bring up Hendon Hooker with, with Virginia like Tech on here just because yeah. just because yeah. y'all straight up snatched that man and made him something special and now yeah. he's on a team yeah. with a bright future there. So I just want to throw that out yeah. there. Yeah, no, I I hope he's doing well too, man. It was really unfortunate mm-hmm. how he went down last season mm-hmm. and uh, he's such a high character guy. Uh, I think, you know, obviously, you know, I'm never gonna throw shade to Virginia Tech. So I'll tell you that because, you know, both my parents went to Tech and got Virginia oh. roots. So I'll, I'll never, you know, I've got Tech will always have a soft spot um, in my heart. But, um, no, I'm glad to see Hooker in a position where he can focus on getting help, not getting thrown. You know, I, I look at some of these situations, man, with rookie quarterbacks getting put into situations where, you know, clearly they're not ready. I mean, we can talk about how the Bryce Young situation has been handled at different times. I'm glad that he has an understudy, you know, in terms of being able to look up to a guy like, like Jared Goff, who I think again has, you know, had a lot, to, took a lot of constructive criticism early in his career. When you talk about holding on to the ball too much, you know, too long, not getting, not getting rid of it fast enough turnovers. Um, but he's, he's, he's able to, he's, I think Jared Goff has molded himself into a top seven, top, top seven, top eight quarterback this, this year. Um, I, like I mean, this. I, I I think and and you know it's it, it's going to be beneficial. You look at all the, the the quarterbacks that have had success. I mean, there've obviously been exceptions to the rule, but you know, guys like Aaron Rodgers, who's who's been able to sit for a couple of years. Um, you know, people. You know, even uh, even Tom Brady. You can look at he had he had Drew Bledsoe. You know, at least for for a season. It's just to just to kind of take everything in um, because that confidence once once it gets rocked. You know, you look at what's happened to, to Bryce to. Sam Bradford to um, Zach Wilson to, uh, to Zach Wilson, uh, like all, all these like uh, all these guys. Like I think they they they're 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 Sam Darnold. Sorry, I didn't mean Sam Bradford. Sam Sam Sam, Sam Bradford had had some success in the NFL, but Sam Darnold was was who I was talking about. Um, you know, and I think I think uh, it, it's it's really important that they're in a stable situation to start, and I'm glad Hooker is. Yeah, yeah, no, I I completely agree, and. Um, speaking of a quarterback that maybe got thrown to the, to the wolves here early on the subject, uh, you know, you got, um, the kid, uh, what's the Iowa state quarterback's name in San Francisco. Um, he's not, Brock, 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 but I am going to talk about one of his receivers as a dark horse candidate. This guy is clearly not on the MVP radar, but he should be because of his town alone. It's Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk. Let me tell you a little bit about him. He has four, he's on pace for 1400 yards and over six touchdowns. Um, and he gets half of the targets that top wide receivers named. So who do we name? Shiv named CD, Evan named AJ Brown, I named Tyreek. All of those guys have double the targets than Brandon Ayuk. Yet Brandon Ayuk is still producing at a wide receiver one caliber rate. He's not only a great route runner, he's got deep threat uh, potential with uh, smoking a corner in the slot or on the outside. And he's also a great, uh, he's a great blocker, man. He's like put some people on his, on their ass this year, this season. So 
had to give Brandon Ayuk a shout out as a as a centerpiece of that dynamic offense, not a beneficiary of that offense. I got a bit of a rebuttal on that one, actually, and it's not just because I'm a Debo fan, right? Because put Debo aside, because I think Debo has obviously been a beneficiary of that offense as well. What I will say is, yes, he does have a lot of yardage on less targets, but the reality is if you take any of those top receivers we're talking about and you put them in an offense where they're getting that level of, like, ability to get one-on-one matchups with guy when you, you having to worry about Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, that offensive line, their backup running backs, Debo on the other side. Those guys are going to absolutely eat because the reality is that offense sets them up for success. So although I do think Ayuk is very good, I've noticed him getting a lot of love recently, and I'm not saying he's not deserving of it, but I do think he's getting a little bit of that overhyped. And that's not specifically you, Zach. I'm talking about like amongst friend groups and, and coverage because I think he is a very good player, but I don't think he's like an upper echelon level wide receiver. But that's why he's a dark horse, right? So I, I, I like it. I just, I just want to kind of throw that out there. I would argue that's the Miami model, though, too. I mean, the like, you know, tough types of coverage that Tyreek Hill sees thanks to uh, Mike McDaniel's brilliance with Waddle on the other side. They don't have a tight end like Kittle, obviously, but they can pound the ball. Like, it's the same kind of model, right? That, you know, kind of schemed open. I, but I, I think Ayuk is a stud. I don't think I agree with that, though, because I think Tyreek Hill can literally, I could pick him up and put him on an offense with us, and the man would absolutely cook everybody and their mothers. Like, Tyreek Hill's on a different planet, dude. Like, I'm not complaining, Brand. I'm not comparing those two personally. Sure, he also sees a lot of benefit from uh, McDaniel, though. Uh, what do you got, Shiv? Yeah. No, I, I think I think that's so. When, and it's funny because this sort of begs the question of like, what what are we assessing wide receivers on? Right? Is it are we just focused on yards after the catch or touchdowns or total yards? Like that holistic. So if you think about like Brandon Ayuk and you know, guys like Debo Samuel, like Debo Samuel, like there's Tyreek Hill can't do what Debo Samuel can do. And I'm not saying Debo Samuel can do what Tyreek Hill can do in mm-hmm. terms of, you know, being a Swiss Army knife, being able to run the ball, uh, kind of being this, this gadget guy, um, you know, and, and, and if you look at, you know, sort of the criteria to say, like, what does a standout wide receiver do? Like, it's tough to me where to call, like, and as I know, I'm not throwing any shade at Tyreek Hill, but... I think when you look at longevity, and I know he's, you know, he's approaching 29, 30 now, I'm concerned about like once he crosses 30, he starts to lose a bit of that speed, a little bit of that agility. Mm-hmm. He's not a great route runner. Um, you know, he's, he's definitely a, a dash sort of blow by, take the top off my defense sort of guy. Um, he's not a guy you're really going to run in the slot, obviously, because he's, he's tiny, you know, I don't know. I don't see him kind of coming through the middle and, you know, really, really sort of absorbing some big hits. So I think some of these guys like Ayuk and, 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 and Samuel, and that's why I said CD got like CD, AJ Brown, they have a little bit more versatility to their game, which mm-hmm. I think um, allows them to, you know, kind of cover multiple levels of the defense. So, you know, they can have the intermediate routes, they can have the short curls, they can have the post routes, the go routes, like there's everything is kind of open in, in the playbook, right? Where to, to Evan's point, I think Miami is kind of set up in a way where you've got basically, even though a chain has been out like for the last like four weeks, I think he's still like a top 20 rusher in the league. And obviously Mostert's been playing well um, from the goal line perspective. They're on such an explosive team. Um, you know, I think Tyreek has benefited from going from obviously a juggernaut in Kansas city and playing with arguably the best quarterback of all time, um, you know, and, and now has gone to a situation in, in Miami where uh, the team has, has been, you know, he's obviously the focal point, but the other surrounding pieces are enabling him to play to his strengths where I think some of these other teams and, 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 and the receivers and some of the skill position players have had to incorporate some of that, the versatility into their game, whether it be blocking or sacrificing catches to, to actually, um, you know, either, sacrifice for to 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 the better for the betterment of their team so um it's tough it's i'm really glad we're having this conversation though because because zach made like you know zach picked tyreek as an mvp and here's my firm belief tyreek made tua and now when tyreek leaves i still believe tua will be good but before tyreek hill got to miami that miami offense was nonsense like even yeah. with the Waddle, even with some of the mm-hmm. stuff they're drafting or whatever, I don't think they would have been anything close to what they were. I think yeah. Mike McDaniel is obviously an incredible 
offensive mind. I love Mike McDaniels. I, I root for him every week. But I believe jo- Tyreek Hill, the reality with him is I, I do agree with you. I don't think he possesses some of the abilities of like the strength and whatever that some of these guys do. But I actually think his route running is understated. I think he would make a terrific slot receiver one day because there's a lot of like small slot receivers, guys like Josh Downs and others who are absolutely eating at that position because they're just so quick and able to. Like, do you think he'll do that though, Sai? Do you think Tyree no, I'm not will saying, accept a slot role? No, 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 but that's, that's, that's not my point though, right? Because yeah. the, the reason I'm saying that I think he'd make a good slot receiver is because you mentioned that as he gets older, you don't think he would. So I'm just counteracting that, right? Because yeah. I'm the point that I'm trying to make is I could put Tyreek Hill on any NFL offense in any spot on the receiving core and he's just so dang unguardable. And the reason yeah. I'm so vehement about that is because I was one of those people that used to say that Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, the Chiefs offense made Tyree Kill as good as he is. And now I, it feels like, you know, back in the day when I would take a hot take just because I didn't want to believe that someone was good. But now I realize how wrong I was. And that's why I'm so vehement about his – that's why I think he is an MVP, like Zach said. I think he's literally – just leaps and bounds better at what he does than anyone else in terms of like blowing up a defense. And that's why I think he's an MVP. But anyway, I, I know I'm going on my tangent. I just, I just love Tyreek Hill's ability that much. It's probably, I do think Leno is set. Evan, uh, go for it, man, before we uh, transition. No, I was just going to say, I do think his rap tree is a lot bigger now with Miami. Um, like if they need just like a 10 yard first down, like, you know, he's their guy in this offense as well. Whereas in Kansas city, I do think you mainly saw, you know, just going Kelsey, over the top and yeah. yard after catch, right? Uh, yeah. And then Kelsey yeah. up over the middle. But um, we, we get to do some recaps, or you guys got um, some other I got notes on one the topic. super deep dark horse sleeper for like two seconds because this doesn't have to be some some crazy segment for me personally. But we used to talk about, and obviously he's not going to MVP, but we used to talk about like A Chain, for example, right? Because before he got hurt, you saw the ability that like, a fast, like dynamic player on a good offense can bring to him. He was literally just taking the top off defenses with his, with his speed and running ability. I just want people to keep an eye on Keaton Mitchell because if the Ravens actually give him the ball the way that he should be getting the ball, he's the next A-chain. I mean, that man is – that man had literally two carries last game and two targets last game, and he had over 80 yards and a touchdown and almost caught a second touchdown. Like, give that man the football and see what happens. So – I just want to put a really deep sleeper on my guy, Keaton Mitchell, who plays Thursday night, by the way. Haven't heard of him. <laughs> exactly. Si- si- exactly. Si just like, he was like, he went into this podcast, as I do, as I do pretty much every week. There's like, there's one thing I need to mention, and I'm slipping this into the podcast. I don't care where. And that was his for the week. 100%. He's listening to me because I have him on a couple fantasy leagues, but I'll, I'll leave it there. All right. Uh, Let's jump into re- recaps, Shiv. I guess um, we usually, I think we mentioned earlier, but we'll just like quickly go through some of the games from last week and, you know, anything that stood out to you that you want to mention here, just kind of some quick takes um, in about 10 minutes or so so we can get to picks. But um, I guess uh, the first game I'll bring up is Texans Bengals. Um, I did not see Houston coming on the road to Cincinnati and pulling this upset. And I think it really completely twist the AFC playoff picture on its head with Cincinnati on the outside looking in Houston, a game out of the division lead and currently in a wild card spot. Um, CJ Stroud in the MVP conversation. Like, I think this is one of the more impactful games, not of the week, but of the year in terms of how we view the playoff picture before and after. So, um, so yeah, that one, that was a big one for me. Yeah. Stroud's awesome. Um, he is absolutely awesome. I do want to temper the expectations people are putting on the Texans now, though, because this team also went to, um, uh, what is it? They went to Zach's home and uh, Shiv's home and lost to the team that might not win a game for the rest of the season. So <laughs> let's not just assume that a, a 500-ish team who can beat anybody but can also lose to anybody is going to automatically be a force in the AFC. Is, is, that's all I'm saying there, but I'll leave it there. All right, I'll bring up the uh, Buffalo Bills uh, Broncos game because I, I actually want to concede defeat, yep. um, and I will give Evan credit where credits due. Evan's been uh, Shave Evan's been saying uh, that the Bills are are frauds uh, from the start of this season. 
um, even after they got back on track uh, after losing to the Jets. Uh, well, he just hasn't been on high, as high on the Bills as obviously Sign I have. It's cost us a couple of uh, betting bucks here as well. But um, I think last night was just the epitome of the Bills season, right? Just turnovers. They, there's no one's arguing that they cannot drive the ball down the field. The problem is, is there's 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 way too much risk involved in that offensive scheme i'm not sure if you guys saw today but i believe ken dorsey got fired actually the oc for buffalo um so if that doesn't show you that they're pushing the panic button then i don't know what does and the broncos on their third straight win shiv i'll ask you the question do you think the broncos are better than what people say or do you think the bills are just really that bad um so i think yesterday last night's game uh, the, the, the Bills really defeated themselves. Like I, I look at that Broncos team and I, I know they've won three straight and then there's going to be a whole lot of talk about uh, Sean Payton's figured it out. Russ has figured it out. Um, you tell me if you, I, and I watched every down of that game last night, the Broncos are not good. They are not good. They, they like the, 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 they had no business winning that game. That game should have been a route. Um, I, I do think the turnovers with Josh Allen, I mean, Josh Allen since 2018 is leading the league in turnovers, but I think that the, the bills have way too much talent to not figure it out. Um, I mean, time is up the essence now. What are they? I think they dropped to five and five after yesterday's mm-hmm. loss. So things are, I mean, they've got to go on a run here. I mean, you could argue they've got to potentially run the table, um, I think, or, or maybe lose, can lose maybe one game depending on who it is too, but. They've got to get their acts together, and it's it's definitely not um, it, it's not it's not good to lose to a team that's significantly worse than you at home. So, yeah, tough to be tough to be a Bills fan. Yeah, I've been saying for years that I'm not going to buy into the Bills actually being Super Bowl contenders until they can win the big playoff game. Evan was even more down on them this year after being more up on them last year. So I got to give him tip to cap because I definitely thought they were going to win last night by like at least a touchdown and they didn't. But at what point, like, and I've been saying for years that I don't trust them, but at what point are we going to start talking about Sean McDermott being the problem just as much as anyone else? Cause I'm kind of tired of him kind of getting a pass all the time when a lot of other coaches put on the hot seat, even though the bills time and time again have underwhelmed when they need to show up. And I feel like we don't hear his name much, even though he, you could argue in terms of a team with talent has, you know, let down more than most. And Ken Dorsey, you know, took the took it for him. But the reality is McDermott's supposed to be the leader of that team, and I don't see any fire from them. So I'm just throwing that out there. And also moving to other teams that should have won games that they didn't. Were the Ravens trying to lose on Sunday? Like, like were they that like intentionally? Be, that like, was going to be my surprise at home too. Yeah, did Up someone? Did someone call quarter. him and say tank this game? Like, because legitimately it looked like they were trying to lose. Like they, they get the ball on offense and they do nothing. Like they're just so stagnant. And that team is too good to lose that game, being up as much as they were. Their defense played great to start the game. Their offense was converting, and then it felt like, no offense, Zach, but it felt like the Falcons in the Super Bowl. They just phoned it in and then just like went went and took a nap, and then just slowly but surely the Browns came back and won the won the game. And I just. That game, the Ravens should have won. They look like clearly the better team, and they and they just phoned it. And I don't know what was going on there, so I just want to put that one out there. Dude, I disagree, man. I think the Browns bullied the Ravens. I mean, they conquered the line of scrimmage outside of a like a freak show play where I mean, Kyle Hamilton, who is a beast, uh, first round pick, you know, last year for the Ravens. Um, you know, or I guess this is his second year, but you know, incredible interception return for a touchdown. But when you look at the the thick of it, the Browns battled back like any great team would, where they're expected to come back. Both teams dropped over thirty. I think both of these teams are good. I really do. I, I still think the Ravens are better than the Browns, but I think they got dominated on home turf, and it just goes to show you the gridiron nature of the AFC North. I love that division. I think it's the most fun division right now in the NFL. Great. That is the best division in the NFL, in my opinion. Ab, what do you got? Um, what else? Uh, what else we got here? I mean, quick. We kind of talked about the 49ers, but like to come off the bye and just absolutely murk a really good team on the road in the Jaguars. Um, obviously, super impressive. Side mentioned getting Trent back, and then it's also the flip side of that is that's a really disappointing effort by the Jaguars. I was pretty high on them during our power ranking segment. I'm gonna have to walk that one back a little bit. Um, you know, that, I think that's a big step back for them. Yeah, the uh, the Chargers game with the Lions was the game of the week, though. That was amazing. That was such yeah. a good game. Yeah, it was a nice duel. That Goff Herbert matchup. 
I think it was the highest scoring game too in terms of mm-hmm. total points. Right? And Herbert played like an MVP in his defense, yeah. even though they lost that game. Like he did everything he could to try to win that game. Neither defense really showed up, but that was a really good game. I think both teams I feel really like showed that, up. Yeah. The Chargers team, and it's tough because with all that, yes, as good as, and I think Herbert has the potential to be the, the face of the NFL uh, for sure. But it just feels like that this team has been stuck in neutral for yeah. a few years, you know? Like, I just don't see them really getting any better. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying Herbert's the reason. And they've got some playmakers. I know, you know, Eckler, and they've had a couple of injuries, obviously. I think Mike Williams going down earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Keenan Allison. Renaissance. I mean, tenth year, and he's still looking. He's looking like one of the best receivers in the league. So, I don't know what it is with that team. Like, I'd, I'd expect them to be more of a contender in that AFC West. Uh, it looks like they're going to probably be watching the playoffs from home this year, um, sitting at four and five, unless something miraculous happens um, the next couple months. But you know, that team, mm-hmm. that team's got too much talent to kind of be right in the middle of the pack. The Chargers always lose that three-point close game back and forth. They lose it 10 times out of 10. And I'm going to give you four teams that we've talked about here that are all kind of in the same bucket for me. The Chargers, the Cowboys, the Ravens, the Bills. Teams that have tons of talent and just for what they just lack that finishing touch. And like they always make mistakes at the end of games. They can't close out games, you know, coaching decisions. Like it's just the same you know, the kind of the same story and not just this year, but it's, it's, you know, over the last five years and, you know, with that crew of players. Mm-hmm. So I just Agreed. view them in the, in the same kind of way. And like, I would never trust any of those teams um, in the playoffs to, uh, you know, win more than say like two games. So I think you are identifying the problem. It's a coaching problem. So Shiv said, okay, is it a Herbert problem? Probably not. It's a Brandon Staley problem. And I actually think that he's going to be the first coach that gets canned um, this season. Um, we've made a lot Too of late. fun of, Arthur Smith, but uh, yeah, yeah, I think that uh, Brandon Staley is uh, next up on the uh, on the firing. He's on the hot seat for sure. You know of a rumor that I heard actually like a few weeks ago, and I don't know if it's a rumor as much as it is just kind of wishful thinking. But um, I heard that if the things continue to go south in Foxborough, that you could see Belichick walking or getting fired, mm-hmm. or whatever. And then taking the the, the Chargers' job, uh, which I think would be tremend- a tremendous opportunity for him. He finally gets, you know, a, a viable quarterback, a, a team with a lot of ability on offense, so he can focus on the defensive side of the ball, which is kind of his bread and butter, um, which I think is where the reason for a lot of the Chargers' woes anyway. So that'll be interesting if that happens. I mean, I, I think I think Bills reached sort of the crossroads with. With the Patriots, I think they all just need to kind of go their separate ways. You know, Tom Brady chapter's gone. Bill Belichick's kind of got to go now, too. Um, that's something I heard. It'd be interesting if that actually happened. I'm actually so glad you brought – sorry, go ahead, e. Go ahead, e. Um, No, you're probably going to say it, so I won't uh, – Yeah, I'm, I'm actually so glad you brought up Bill Belichick because, you know, we, the Colts played um, Patriots. I'm a Colts fan. We, we bet on that game, actually. And the reason I'm glad you brought it up is – you know, Mac Jones was terrible that whole game. Our defense ate him alive. And the hilarious part is literally in the last two minutes of that game, the the two-minute drive after Mac Jones played the entire game, they took him out in the last two yeah. minutes of the game and put in Zappi, which is – I have never yeah. seen that in my life. Like, he didn't get hurt. They literally yeah. just decided this guy's going to play 90% of the game, and then when the game matters the most, we're going to go to a fourth-round pick that – you know, and he still threw a game and a pick, I think. I think Zappi ended that game with a pick. Well, right? to be fair, he looked uh, better in two plays than Matt Jones did the yeah. whole game. But then, yeah, yeah. he threw a, he threw yeah. a pick <laughs> in, in a big moment. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah, feel I don't bad. For... Mac is my favorite guy to root for. He's arguably the dirtiest player in the NFL, which is insane for a quarterback with his, like, frame and stature. Like, he's not the guy I would ever pick to win a fight. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know why he's out there picking him. But uh... what is it? Why, what do you think? Why, why do you think it's not working out for him? Like, he had a really promising rookie year. Uh, you know, things were pointing up. What, what's the reason for the regression we're seeing? He's not, not good. Really regression. It's like an all-out just, like... <laughs> jumping off a cliff i feel like he's just not good like the guy guy got drafted i think they probably drafted him because they were like 
oh, there, there's like Brady comparisons. Like he doesn't have the best arm strength, but he's super accurate and he's, you know, a smart dude, probably because he's like your traditional white looking dude that looks like, you know, a nerd and plays quarterback. And they're like, we're going to pick him up and Bill Belichick's going to make him great. And the reality is he just sucks. Like there was just better yeah. players out there and they picked him in the first round and guys like Lamar Jackson end up going at the end of the first round. And this is why in recent drafts, you see players that are more athletic and more able to be shaped by good coaches than you do the prototypical, like Mitch Trubisky's of the world from like, or the Josh mm. Rosen's of the world. And Mac Jones was the last of that dying breed. And I'm so glad that he is because I'm tired of guys like that getting opportunities in the NFL when they don't deserve it. And I know that was very hostile on my part, but I, I just stand by it. I'm just so frustrated watching guys like that play football. Recapping where we're at, we got a new uh, a new top dog here, gents. I have passed Zach for the lead after another okay. good week. Um, so we're we're real tight. I think I have a one game lead on Zach, and then Sai has also been uh, been having a strong last few weeks, and is uh, one game behind Zach. So we're we're tight, Ooh. gents. We are as tight as it gets. I gotta step um, it up. And a, a shout out, our, our first uh, parlay hit, you know, solid three for three, gents. Um, you know, I won't mention the fact that we also layered in a four game, which Zach's Atlanta Falcons have once again cost Never us. <laughs> uh, but uh, starting off week 11 in the NFL, we actually have some great primetime games this week. The first one is Cincinnati at Baltimore. Baltimore is a three and a half point favorite at home. Let's start with the guests. Let's start with Shiv. Yeah, this is going to be a great matchup. It's actually nice that we finally get a really good game on a Thursday night. Both teams coming off a loss. Um, you know, I think, you know, obviously both teams would like to win, but I think the Bengals need this win a little bit more than um, than the Ravens do. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to go the the Bengals over the Ravens on the road. Um, Cy? Baltimore winning cover. Zach? Baltimore win and cover. I'm not a, on Shiv's side for this one. I actually originally had Baltimore winning cover, but I agree. I think, like, for whatever reason, I think that we're just going to keep turning the AFC North on its head. Cincinnati needs a win. I'm going to give Cincinnati the uh, the road win and avenge the earlier season loss to Baltimore at home. Um, next game, 1 p.m., Dallas at Carolina. Dallas is an 11-point favorite on the road. Dallas winning cover for me. Zach? Dallas wins by a million. Give me, give, give me that cover again. Let's just get another good bet in there. Let's go. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, I won't even. I think this is a pointless, a pointless one. I think you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next, next game back in the AFC North. Another huge game. It's Pittsburgh at Cleveland. Cleveland is a three and a half point favorite at home. Let's start with Zach. Give me Cleveland winning cover. Sai. Well, you said three and a half at home for Cleveland. Yep. 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 Yeah. Give me Cleveland winning cover. Shiv? Again, Pinter. Yeah, I've got Cleveland winning cover as well. I do like Pittsburgh, though. It's going to be tough on the road. Um, Chicago at Detroit. Detroit is a 10-point favorite at home. Let's start with Cy. 10-point favorite. Oh, well, wait, hold on. You said you said Seattle? No, Chicago at Detroit. Oh, that's way better. Okay, yeah. Um, Justin Fields is back, so I'm going to say Detroit wins, but Chicago co uh, covers. I actually don't think he's going to be back. I thought he was going to be back, but then uh, Iberflus said seemed to say today that uh, he needs some more time. So, oh, never mind. Detroit won a car. Yeah, I was I was worried about this being a uh, backdoor cover, right? Where it's like a fourteen point game, and then Chicago scores last minute, and we don't get the cover. But I, I think Detroit is going to smack them for some yep. reason. So give me the winning cover at home in Detroit. All right, Shiv. Yeah, I think this is uh, give me the Lions cover. I hope it goes over the forty six and a half though, because I need Cole Komet to have a big game. So, and I'm, I'm, I'm it's it's good for me if if Field stays on the bench because I think uh, the backup likes throwing a Komet a little yeah, bit more. So, but give me the Lions yeah. and cover. Yeah, agreed for me. If Fields play, I'll say they uh, they don't cover. But yeah, same uh, same wavelength. Uh, next game: Chargers at Packers at Lambeau. Um, Chargers are a three-point favorite on the road. Need a win. Uh, Shiv, let's start with you. Yeah, I, I'd really like the Chargers to, to win this and cover, but I'm going to go. I think this is a big game for Jordan Love and that whole Packers regime. Um, this could really dictate the, the outlook of the franchise. Um, so th so need, they need this win, so give me give me the Packers. All right. He played a lot better Packers last week, home. so trending in the right yeah. direction. 
I have Chargers winning cover. I think they just uh, the Packers have no shot at the playoffs. I think the Chargers are going to be super desperate. I think Green Bay is awful. So um, Chargers winning cover. Zach, give me the Packers with Shiv. I just think the Chargers are going to struggle in the cold weather, passing the ball. They don't have a, a run game right now. Give me give me the Packers outright. So- until the, until the Packers learn how to use Christian Watson, I'm picking the other team against them every week. I'm picking the Chargers to win a cover. All right. Uh, next game, Arizona at Houston. Um, Houston is a four-point favorite at home. Arizona obviously fully healthy again with Kyler and uh, James Conner back as well. Um, I'll start. Houston winning cover. I'm, uh, I think they're giving Arizona a little too much credit. I like that line for Houston. Zach? This is a tough one, man. I can see this being a three-point game, but uh, now thinking about it a little bit more clear, I think the Texans receivers are gonna are gonna be able to murk those uh, Cardinals corners. So give me Texans win and cover four. Sai, I think Arizona is gonna cover it. I, I think the Texans will win, but I think Arizona is gonna cover four and a half. I do. All right, Shiv. Yeah, I think the Texans are gonna be too much. I think they're gonna cover and win. Look at the Cardinals, zero and five on the road. Uh, as Zach mentioned, wide receivers are coming back. Nico Collins should be back for the Texans. Tank Dell's been on a tear, so I think the Texans are gonna to be too much to handle. Great stat with the road record. I love it. Love next, next game, Tennessee at Jacksonville. Um, Jacksonville is a six and a half point favorite at home. Let's start with Zach. What happens when you get smacked in the mouth? Good teams come out, and then they smack teams in the in the mouth. That's what I think is going to happen in Jacksonville this week. Uh, they're at home. Uh, they're against a team that is very unsure of themselves. Will Levis makes mistakes. Can be Jacksonville win and cover. It's my favorite spread of the week. Sai? Jacksonville win and cover. Shiv? Yeah, I mean, almost ditto what I said last time. Jacksonville win and cover. Titans 0-5 on the road, really finding no continuity on that offense. they got to get Derrick Henry involved. Um, but yeah, until they figure that out, Jags all day. I was actually going to throw a big time dart here almost and take Tennessee to win outright. I'll say, uh, I'll say Jacksonville wins in a close game, but Tennessee doesn't cover or uh, Tennessee awesome. cover, does cover. Excuse me. Also, we're not giving Shiv any more street cred. I can see him typing uh, and Googling stats as we speak. <laughs> hey, <laughs> no, I, 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 yeah, how are you going to flame him like that? Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, hey, hey, there's we nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah, we appreciate quiet research. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can, we yeah, appreciate I can it, Chase. Thank you. Look at these notes over here, man. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Just looking this at guy's got an algorithm here. on his paper. <laughs> <laughs> you, you guys know I'm always on my phone just trying to come up with stuff to flame you guys for. So I can't, I can't say I don't do the same. But uh, next game, Las Vegas at Miami. Uh, Miami's an 11.5-point favorite at home. Uh, let's start with Cy on this one. Easy win and cover Miami. Shiv? Yeah, easy win. A change back. I think that Miami's going to be rolling. I'll say Vegas covers. They're playing better, uh, especially defensively under Antonio Pierce. So, Zach? Yes, I agree. But I think that inter- that temporary uh, team plays good under interim head coach only lasts about a week or two. Give me Miami win and cover here. I was thinking the same thing, Ev, but I think Miami's coming out hot off a of bye. Jalen yeah, Ramsey he- is going to eat, dude. Anyway, continue. You said that last week, Zach, and they still won. So, we'll see. Um, last 1 p.m. game is the Giants at the Commanders in D.C. Uh, Commanders are a nine and a half point favorite at home against Tommy DeVito. Start with Cy. I'll I'll give a Commanders win. I guess I'll give them the cover. I don't want to, but I guess I'll give them the cover. Shiv. Yeah, I'm going to go Commanders win and cover. I mean, the the Giants struggle on the road. They struggle just generally. So give me give me the Commanders. Zach. If the Commanders can just score first for the first time this whole season, they're going to breeze by Danny DeVito or whatever the heck his name is from It's mm-hmm. Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So give me the Commanders winning cover. They scored first last week, bro. I got winning cover. Um, Tampa Bay at San Francisco is our next game. San Francisco is a 10.5 point favorite coming back home. Um, I'll say San Francisco wins but doesn't cover. Tampa Bay's played pretty well last week. so. Uh, Zach? 49ers win and cover. What's the spread? It's not, ten and a half. Oh, yeah. It's spread. They're covering that. Shift? Yeah, I agree. Uh, next game, New York Jets at Buffalo. Um, Buffalo is a six and a half point favorite. Um, Zach? 
I hate how I'm doing this, but give me Buffalo win and cover. I'm just, I can't not do it, man. Wait, hold on. Six and a half. That's they can win by a touchdown, right? I will say some of these numbers might have moved. I did this board last night, so it's possible some of the numbers are slightly yeah, different as we sit today. Seven. seven. Yeah, I'm yeah. on the board now. Seven. Okay, so it's an, another half point. So call it seven. Yeah, I still think the Buffalo will cover that personally. I, I'm this is going to be my upset game of the week. I'm going to have. Jets going and continuing to to uh, put Buffalo further into their misery. So give me the wow. Jets upset win. Wow. Mm. You yeah, got to you 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 risk it to get the biscuit, baby. Yeah, I'm going to say the Bills like play fundamentally sound football for once and, uh, you know, blow <laughs> them out. But, uh, you know, that's probably asking for too much from them. Um, last 4 p.m. game, uh, Seattle at the Rams. Seattle's a one-point favorite on the road. Matthew Stafford looks good to go, is my Ooh. understanding. Um, interesting rematch from when the Rams killed them in week one. So let's start with Cy. This is a really tough one because Seattle has not looked good on the road, and Stafford at home is, is usually way better. Oh, man. I'm going to pick Seattle just because I don't know how healthy Stafford is. I want to pick the Rams, but I don't know how healthy Stafford is. Shift. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Rams at this one. Uh, they got to figure out how to keep Matt upright. That offensive line is amongst the worst in the league. Uh, but you got to get figure out how to get Cooper Cup, Puka, Tutu out well the ball. You know, they they're Kyron Williams. I think is going to be coming back as well. So they should be at full strength. Um, so give me give me the Rams. Yeah, I have Rams as well. Um, one thing I'm trying to remind myself is that coming off a bye is huge, as we noticed, noticed last mm. week. So give me Rams outright at home, Zach. Give me Seattle, um, the cover minus one. All right. Uh, Sunday night football, Minnesota. Actually, I, I meant to mention Minnesota in our uh, recap segment. Impressive win with Josh Jobs yep. um, over the Saints. But uh, Minnesota at Denver. Denver is um, a now two-and-a-half point favorite at home coming off the big win against the Bills. Um, I can start us off. I have um, – it's hard to come off that short week, so – I think this is actually a tough game. I don't hate Denver. I think they're playing pretty well right now, so um, makes it tough. But I am going to take Minnesota outright here on the road. Dude, Zach. I think mile high. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Zach. Or either either one. This, right. I, this is my second favorite spread of the week. Denver wins and covers. Yeah, I think mile high is going to get the best of Minnesota this week, and they don't have a running back. So hopefully Justin Jefferson's back. But Denver win and cover. Uh, this is going to be another upset for me. I think Vikings go on the road. They've been four and one on the road, so I think they're they're well equipped for those conditions. Another week of Josh Dobbs to understand that playbook. Um, so give me Minnesota. Nice, love it. And uh, gents, I know we want to go back to recording next Monday night, but we might need to uh, to look at this schedule because it's uh, Philly at Kansas City yeah, Super no, Bowl not. rematch on, on Monday Night Football. Um, Kansas City's got a through. Let's uh, let's look for the updated number. Two and a half now. Two and a half point favorites at home. Um, let's start with uh, Shiv. Yeah, give me Kansas City uh, covering and winning this. Um, I think the Chiefs are bound for a you know coming off a bye. They need a really. I think they're 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 tuned up for for a high output scoring game. I'm really looking for an explosion on, on offense. So you know. Pat Mahomes, Pacheco, Kelsey really getting their acts together. MVS, so uh, look for look for this to be a, a track meet. But but Kansas City, at, Zach. At man, so I got so happy when Shiv said Kansas City. But you know what? I'm going to agree as well. I think wow. Kansas City is going to win this game and cover. And I normally pick against them in these type of games, Shiv. So um, so, so I guess I'll pass the push to you. <laughs> Yeah, so Chip, both these guys picked the Eagles to win the Super Bowl last year, and I was like toot my own horn about how bad I think Kansas City's got this, and they won. And I'm never picking against Kansas City. These guys know. Yeah. So Kansas yeah. City all the yeah. way. Kansas City yeah. all the way. Can't. You just can't. So both teams coming off a bye. I'm going to give Andy Reid the coaching edge because he's terrific coming That's off a bye. Crazy. So how about how about I give you guys two picks here? I'll say Kansas City wins this game. Um, I'm not confident about a cover if it does get to three again, because I think it's going to be a close game. And then my second bonus pick is that the Eagles beat them in the rematch in the Super Bowl. So Kansas City this week, Eagles in three months in the Super Bowl. That's what I got. Um, And that's it. 
Who's got, to, who's got any, any yeah. hot take just, honorable mentions? or? Yeah, I just want to say one thing. I didn't have my weekly uh, segment of flaming 1980s Arthur Smith's offense. Um, I didn't get to this week. It's because the picks didn't come up, and I was going to flame the Falcons and make a point of the fact that I will never bet on the Falcons in my life again, or at least this year. I'm, I'm, I'm over-exaggerating. So I'm just taking the moment right now to say, I'm done with Arthur Smith forever, like ever and ever and ever and ever, this period. I'm never betting him again. Sorry, Zach. I just had to say it. Also, I saw a meme the other day. Uh, Kyler Murray runs like a little kid that took like a cookie from a candy jar or something. Yeah. So next time you guys watch Kyler Murray play, I guarantee you're going to see it, and you're ne- you'll never look back. Yeah, it'll be this weekend. No, I think – I mean, does it get any more hot take than – Jets going and trying on the road to beat Buffalo and try and go two and zero against Buffalo in the same season. So, I think I think I was the first one to get my hot take. So I'll I'll, I'll save once one a week for me. Nothing else. I love it. My honorable mention is that everyone should watch College Game Day nine a.m. on Saturday. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Go, go Deuce. Deuce. Um, ranked in basketball for the first time in program history. Ranked in football. On the on the uh, only six teams are ranked in both. So. Fun time, fun time. But uh, I guess that's it. I guess that's it. Open the cap, indeed. You sorry, um, this is impressive. Thank you, gents. Thank you, gents. <laughs> Shiv, pleasure having you on. Any last Absolutely. words? Hopefully, we'll have you yeah. on again, uh, again soon. Yeah, for sure. Hopefully, uh, you know. Hopefully, I don't have to wait it out another another year before before I get an invite. But uh, <laughs> no, it's been an absolute pleasure, guys. Uh, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of other people, like I said, who's been waiting in line to get, get on this on a, on a Tuesday night, but I'm, I'm, had a, I'm glad I finally got my opportunity and um, it's been, it's been fun to, to, to chalk it up and look forward to, to the next time, hopefully soon. Talk about tipping the cap too, boys. I think we got to tip the cap to shit, man. He was, he averaged six minutes uh, and 43 seconds a mile for 26.2. That's, that's so that's And that was your first marathon. That's insane. Yes. That's truly insane. Yeah, well, yeah, and more to come, man. So uh, more to come on that. So we'll start getting some debt bets in on what what the what the over under is going to be. MBS for the next will one, so. be on that line. We'll be we'll be betting. <laughs> yeah. betting yeah. under. We got you, man. Yeah, yeah. We need, yeah. We, need we need to have like a game. Your next marathon, we're going to take your pace across the whole marathon, and then each of the other three guys on this screen are going to want run their fastest single mile, and we're going to see who's this faster. Because <laughs> I. I, I I think 6.43 might have me beat on, uh, on even just one mile. So, uh, mind, mind over matter, boys. Mind over matter. Mind over matter. I love this. I love it. I love it. That was my – We should do that. We should definitely yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. That was Monday's Down South.